Well, I'm excited to add my welcome as the Christ Journey family gathers once again. And I really want to say I want to enter his gates with thanksgiving and come before him with praise. I am so thankful to get to be part of the Christ Journey family emanating from South Florida, Kendall Campus, Gables Campus, then across the nation around the world through all of our church online attenders today. Whatever nation and language you're participating in, we welcome you and we offer the love of God from the Christ Journey family. And one of the reasons I love... I mean, I'm so excited to come back, but uh, I participated through Church Online last week, and I heard Angie and Andrea do such a powerful job in uh, leading us and lifting us, and I want to say thank you, God, for the leaders of this church and for our sisters especially, and then for all of those who... Um, who serve on our family ministry staff and our family ministry volunteers who help us launch and lift all of our little flying oranges and get them into the sky. So our prayers with everybody who started the new school year and uh, with all of our families who've turned a page and on this Orange Sunday right here. I also want to say thank you for a church family that allows me to get away and give some focused study preparation time, which I did. I got a ton of work done, some great reflection. You'll be hearing more about that in the future. Um, and yes, some of you know, you saw a photograph of my grandsons that showed up during that time as well. And so, and you're wondering, how does he get work done with his grandsons there? I'll tell you, they're on California time. I'm on Miami time. I'm up three hours before they even think about getting up. So I'm, I'm getting a lot of work done in three hours before they even rouse. Um, and then they left, so they couldn't stay. But it was great seeing them. And then somebody else already asked me, well, did you squeeze any adventure in? And I said, well, yeah, I got a little mountain biking in. It was my first time on a mountain bike. It was exhilarating. Maybe more about that some other time as well. Uh, but very excited to be right back here with our Christ Journey family in South Florida. And uh, speaking of adventure... Speaking of adventure, the 101st Airborne, very famous Airborne Division of the United States Army, was activated in World War II. Its original commander told the troops that they had a rendezvous with destiny. Those are also famous words. Because they constituted a parachute infantry, a paratrooper infantry, and they took the nickname Screaming Eagles because they would descend from the sky with air cover and then be boots on the ground for fighting the battle of freedom in World War II. General Lee, in his first challenge to the new unit, said this. Due to the nature of our armaments and the tactics in which we shall perfect ourselves, we shall be called upon to carry out operations of far-reaching military influence and importance we shall habitually go into action where the need is immediate and extreme. And so they did. Normandy Beach, you see those parachutes coming out of the sky in World War II. Normandy Beach, D-Day, they were there. In the liberation of Holland, the entire nation is the Allied forces. They were there, 101st Airborne. In, um, in the Battle of the Bulge, you've heard of that one too, haven't you? They were there. So these paratroopers would literally provide cover from the air and then be boots on the ground in the fight for freedom. Now I'm bringing that up because air cover is our title today. Air cover usually means protection that is given by armed aircraft in wartime situations. In this talk, it's to, I'm talking about the protection that God offers his people that he provides as we advance his kingdom in our world on mission. And in one of his letters, Paul 
Bless you. In one of it, we had a sneeze, Kendall, so I don't know if you could hear it out there. But um, in one of his letters, Paul uses military language to describe a spiritual disciple's advance in life um, and tells each, one, each spiritual warrior how we've got to be ready to take up our arsenal in this engaging battle against spiritual forces. It's found in Ephesians chapter 6 and equips the soldier, uh, the spiritual warrior, to not only guard your heart, defend your mind, but then be able to quench every incoming flaming arrow of temptation as we learn how to wield our armor well. But did you know, before we ever get to Ephesians chapter 6 and street-level combat in spiritual encounter, that God provides air cover. Ephesians chapter 3, earlier. Air cover for advancing the kingdom before his soldiers ever suit up. And I want to offer that prayer for myself. I want to pray it for you, wherever you are in your growth and advance of the kingdom of God and wherever you're connecting with us today. Would you receive this as the inspired word of God, inspired prayer for you? And maybe join me in the prayer as well. For this reason, I kneel before the Father, from whom his whole family in heaven and earth derives his name. And I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you being rooted and established in love may have power together with all saints to grasp how wide and how long and how high and how deep is the love of Christ and to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the full measure of all the fullness of God. Now, is that incredible? I mean, think about it for a moment. You, me, we, all of us, how incredible is this? That you can be filled to the brim and overflowing with all the fullness of God. I don't even know how to, I can't imagine how to measure that. But as image bearers of the most high God, you and I have capacities in us to be made complete by all of God's fullness. God doesn't want anybody living an empty life. You felt depleted, you felt drained, you felt worn out and tired. Life can do that to you, but God says, I have fullness and I want you to be filled to the full measure of all the fullness of God. And Paul, by praying, Praying in the, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit offers some air cover to make that real in our lives. The prayer really shows us how it happens. The Heavenly Father, by His Spirit, comes to dwell deeply within each person who puts their trust in Christ. This is why at the close of every talk, at the close of every experience, we always give an opportunity for people to invite Christ to come into their life because this is the inspired prayer of God. God wants to move into your life. And so he says, this is what you do. You ask Jesus Christ to come into your life and then you believe that he says faith, we have faith through faith. He dwells in our hearts through faith. 
So that's, the, that's where it all begins. But then next, he says, now what's next? Well, then we seek to, uh, it's all about love. Rooted and established in love and then empowered by love as are all believers, he prays for us to what? Get a handle on love. It's all about love. Get a handle on love. To grasp it, that means to comprehend it, to hold tightly, to make it your own, to put it on and wear it in your life. And then these many dimensions of love, the height, the depth, the breadth, the length of love, to know this love and not just know about it, you know, a lot like reading a book and taking a pop quiz because you got the information in your head. No, this word means that you experience it. You know it by experience. This is why we talk about a personal relationship with the God of love through faith in Jesus Christ. It's right here. And uh, it's a prayer for every believer to experience God's air cover, but not only outside, but from the inside, and then work itself out to do all of your life from knowing that you are completely, imagine this, do every day of your life, do every experience of your life, do all of your life knowing that you are completely and totally covered by all the dimensions of God's eternal love. And that's why the words I'd like to hang our thoughts on today is this, love is the gift we share, love is the value we practice here, and love is the battle, the, we the weapon we use in battle. Now, some years ago, it occurred to me that God's church could be seen and portrayed in, uh, in the experience of a quilt, and essentially the scraps that go into making a quilt. You know, quilters have this ability that where others of us would say, oh, that's just a ripped piece of misshapen fabric, that they look and say, oh no, I got just the place for that and I know just how to help it fit in. And uh, God does that in our lives through his church that this community in three realities that we're gonna unpack from the letter of Ephesians that the worth of each individual, the value of God's team and the empowerment of God, God's people on mission is represented in these quilts that we see before us today. God's community God's comforting presence, and then God's challenging and courage to, uh, to be on mission together. And then as our lives, maybe you can relate to this, you ever felt isolated? You ever felt separated? You ever felt alienated? You ever felt like a part of you has been torn open and you're now misshapen and maybe ready to be tossed aside? God says, no, no, no. I'm gonna weave you into something larger than yourself where the sum is greater than your parts. And that's what the quilt represents to me. So the church, in fact, instead of just a scrap heap of broken lives torn from different places in the world, now are woven together in the mercy and grace of God and then in its breadth and reach can do more than any of us could do by ourselves. We can cover an entire bed. We can provide um, air cover for one another in life through God's multidimensional love each one of us as an individual is woven into the larger community. So you see where I'm going with this? Where did I get it? Ephesians chapter two, verse 12. Remember, remember that you were separate from Christ, excluded from citizenship in Israel, foreigners to the covenant of promise, without hope, without God in the world. Those are more than words to me. You ever felt like you were without hope, like you were without God? I know what that feels like. 
socially alienated, isolated, separated, cut off, lonely, left out, far away. But now, the scripture says, by the way, if you're new to the Bible, there are some wonderful buts in the Bible. There's one right there. Some of the buts are really big buts. Can I say that? (laughs) This is one of those. This but now is a big one that we're not supposed to admit. But now, now, not tomorrow, not some, no, now, this big one is for you. Now, in Christ Jesus, you who once were far away, separated, alienated, isolated, torn away, lonely, now have been brought near. And consequently, you're no longer foreigners or aliens, but fellow citizens in God's people with God's very own household joined together in the Lord. Would you say those words with me? Joined together in the Lord. That's what a quilt represents, a dwelling in which God lives by his spirit. Now, my Abuelita, when I was little, my grandma made me a quilt, and it was just about my size. This is not that quilt, but it was just about this size, because at that, that, all of me could get under all of this, right? And you know, one of the first things I loved to do with my quilt was simply just make a little fort, and I could take chairs out and put it on a table, and then I'd try to get all my grown-ups in that fort, right? And I'm happy to tell you that the tradition continues uh, among the, uh, the grandsons in the family, I don't mind if we leave it up a little longer, do you? I think that's, that's great. Um, my quilt was made up of individual pieces that I don't know where my grandma found them all, and I don't know how they all match together, but I just loved having them in my quilt, and I knew what I could do with my quilt was build something that could make room for others to get in it. And that took me back to what Paul's talking about here. God's love is trying to provide some air cover to let you know that he's got room enough for everybody underneath there, you know? Your worth as an individual, I pray that you will know how much you matter to God and that you will let God help you make room for others the way God does. That's what the church is here for. So that whether this is your very first time to connect with us at Christ's Journey or not, you're, if you come in for the first time, you should sense that there's, there's a place for you here, that God loves each one of us as if there's only one of us, and that's what... This quilt represents, that's what the scripture teaches, a radical kind of inclusivity where uh, God's love declares the worth of each individual. But it's also the value of a team. The value of a team. In Ephesians 4, Paul lists some of the diversity of this amazing team within the church family, and he actually goes through a list of gifts that are represented in different roles in the church body. He says some are called to be apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers, other. And then in other letters, he has a list of like 20 different spiritual gifts that God gives his body, gives to his family, but he gives them to different people so that we can all share that strength together. And then in Galatians chapter 3, he kind of sells this liberty bell of diversity. And I'd like for us to read this together. It's a declaration of unity from Galatians chapter 3, verse 20. Can we bring it up, please? Let's read this out loud together. There is neither Jew nor Greek, slave nor free, male nor female, for all one in Christ Jesus. He's talking about a radical diversity that is embraced in affirming our differences, but embraced in unity. That it's okay to be different. 
And the quilt that my grandma made me was made of many different fabrics, many different colors. It reminded me of Joseph's coat of many colors. Maybe some of you know that story in the Bible as well. But it's diversity celebrated in unity. And this is God's dream for his church as well. We're not all supposed to be the same. We're not all supposed to be uniform. Uniformity is not unity. We celebrate our differences because God gifts us with different spiritual gifts. But as we value our individual uh, um, Affirming our individual worth, we also celebrate our differences. Now, the institutional church has not had a very stellar track record when it comes to celebrating these types of things. Uh, Those who know our history know that bigotry and misogyny and racial injustice has scarred the heart of the body of Christ way too long. And one of the reasons that I love coming back to Christ Journey Church is that we seek to right some of those wrongs around here. We seek to bring everyone under the grace of God's embrace and uh, allow his healing to pour in where injury and hurt has created separation. I think that's what Jesus wants his church to do. This is his dream for his church. He, he basically said, you know, love your neighbor. And then, of course, we want to know, well, who are my neighbor? That's not my neighbor. I don't have to love them. But the same question, love your neighbor, yeah. G.K. Chesterton said one time, you know, and then Jesus also said, and love your enemies. He said, you know what? Many times they wind up being the same person. Love your neighbor, love your enemy. Just love is Jesus' point. This needs to be the place where love is spoken. But we need help to get there. That's why Paul had to pray a prayer. It was inspired by the Holy Spirit to say, stretch me, help me understand all the dimensions of love because I don't tend to go there by myself. But Jesus forgave, and now he wants us to forgive. Jesus challenged his followers to break out of the provincialism of their own narrow-mindedness. You know, these guys had never been out of Galilee, much less to the big city of Jerusalem. And when they get to the big city, Jesus said, and we're not going to stop here, guys. I want you to take the message of love and loving your neighbor and redemption and forgiveness of sin and the power of the resurrection to every nation everywhere you know this is like we're gonna we're gonna take it beyond your capacities and I'm gonna help you grow to get there reminded me of another thing that my uh, my grandma the quilt that my grandma gave me that I used to do with that was um, I loved it when my mother at night would tuck me in and would Get, you know, tell a story and then say a prayer and then like snuggle up right up here. It's like, oh man. You know, I mean, it doesn't take much to get wrapped right up around my neck to think, this reminds me of how it used to feel when she would take time and just comfort me. That's a part of what God wants the church to do as well. I think God's air cover is trying to do that. It's a quilt meant to provide community that values our individuality, but then also comfort that says diversity can be celebrated in our midst through the differences. Why? Because they help us grow. If you ever wondered, why does God have such diversity in the world? Why is there so many differences among people? The opportunity, Paul says, Paul says, Ephesians chapter four, verse 13, until we all reach unity in the faith, the knowledge of the Son of God, and become mature. That's the point. Become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. God doesn't want your life to be empty. He wants it to be full. But your capacities have got to be stretched in order for you to be filled with all the fullness of God, which means that that we got to grow up. 
You ever just wanted to tell somebody, hey, why don't you just... Anybody ever say that to you? Sometimes you just want to turn the volume up and say, you know, life would be different if you just grow up. Well, Paul says God wants his children to grow up too. We don't lose the child, the childlikeness of our faith, but we grow up into love. What does it mean? We grow up to love like Christ loves. What does that mean? We celebrate the worth of each individual, the value of God's team in the diversity of the church, and then we get empowered to become and do more than we ever anticipated to be empowered on mission for God. Ephesians 4.15, speaking the truth. We need to speak the truth in our world, but Paul says, but we should be speaking it in love. Speak the truth in love, that takes maturity. So that we will in all things, what? What are those two words? Grow up. Grow, and there's the airborne, grow up. Into him who is the head. From him the whole body joined and held together by every supporting ligament grows and builds itself up as every part does its work in love. What's the work of the church? Now, if we were to take a quick pop quiz here and you were just to tell me in one sentence what's the work of the church, somebody's going to say to make disciples of all nations and you would be exactly right. That's what Jesus challenged his provincial Galileans to do. I want you to break through, break out of your Galilee mindset, get beyond Jerusalem. Oh, by the way, let's, we're gonna take the world, but let's start with Samaria. You know, they didn't have too many friends in Samaria. <laughs> they had some black sheep family members over there that he wanted them to love. So he said, we're gonna take this love to the whole world, but in order to get to the world, you gotta start with the next door neighbor that you're, that you're offended with right now, and, and you're gonna be demonstrating a love that crosses the boundaries of diversity. So, and now it's start, let's just connect a few dots here. The work of the church is to make disciples of all nations. The diversity of the church is intended to what? Help all nations feel welcome in the church. Huh. Because God loves the whole world. And he wants the world to feel welcome in the church. And then the worth of each individual covered by how wide and how long and how high and how deep the love of God is when one individual is at risk, it compels the church body to want to make disciples of all nations so that we don't leave anyone behind. God wants his people to learn how to love the way he loves. So not only are we talking radical inclusivity and diversity, we're talking about radical generosity. For God so loved the world that he gave. Generosity is where this is going. God's love in us, engaging us for the mission that he has for his people. And his power is at work within us, not just so that we get comfortable, though I like the comfort of a quilt wrapped around my neck, easing my pain. But his desire is that we will grow to know the love of God that is beyond knowing, and then as we start knowing it and discover that, oh, wow, there's more, there's more, there's more. We never exhaust the knowing of the fullness of God, and we're actually growing as larger people. We're stretching on the inside. His, the dimensions of God's love are stretching us. They're helping us to reach farther, to hold on longer, to be anchored more deeply, to reach up more high. You know, we, we, we go airborne. 
flying places in our spirits that we had never been before. After the Avenger message that we did in the movie series, a couple from our church gave me a t-shirt. Jesus, he's got a halo, he's surrounded by all these superheroes. This is what he says. And that's how I saved the world. You know, Jesus is in the saving business. He wants his church there with him. So you know something else that I did with that quilt that my grandma gave me? I, uh, Da-da-da-da! Able to leave buildings in a single bound. You know, faster than a speeding bullet, all that stuff. God is interested in doing things with your life that will help other people. It doesn't take a superhero to do that. It just takes somebody who's growing in the dimensions of God's love. That you could know the love that's beyond knowing. What does that mean? That means that you would come to understand the value of each individual, how significant, and that the community that God is building is not a community of scraps, but weaving lives into one another to form a larger community so that others can find connection. And then in that connection, guess what? We get to bring our broken places, our tired, tired places, and when we need to rest at night, we find the comfort of God's spirit. Actually, sometimes it's even called a comforter, isn't it? but it's not supposed to stop there. God takes us out of our comfort zone and he says, you know what, I want you to learn from the screaming eagles. 140 airborne, dropping out of the sky, placing their lives at risk. That's even called like a death fall. When you're coming down in wartime as a paratrooper so that you can make a difference for somebody else, you're placing yourself at risk. It's about empowerment for mission in life. Air cover of God's love values the individuality of each person, celebrates the diversity within his family, and then practices generosity that pushes us out of ourselves, out of our comfort zones, and into the place where Jesus would take up his cross and stand in the gap for others. You know, a blanket can speak non-verbally. A blanket can say all kinds of things. It can say, you know, we're thinking about you. We have room for you. A blanket can say, we're here for you. As it did to um, Mike and Mari Pelagi, our student pastor and his wife, when they were delivering their little baby Jojo at South Miami Hospital over here. She had to spend a week at NICU, neonatal intensive care unit. And there's nothing more helpless than when a parent's child is sick, but imagine your new arrival you've been waiting for nine months is now beyond your reach and is now in the neonatal intensive care. Now, she's fine. Mahdi's fine. Jojo's fine. But I was talking to him about these blankets, and he said, you know, they surprised us. We have, they have blankets at South Miami Hospital that are from Christ's journey that every NICU family receives a blanket to wrap their precious little one in if they want one, Christy Palmer is a nurse. She's a part of Christ Journey family, but she's the neonatal nurse over there, and her team uh, assists with families in need during this time, and she's also in charge of discharge. She's, she's the discharge coordinator, and so when people are leaving the hospital and taking their precious little one home, she says, I have a blanket here that's been prayed over for your little baby, if you'd like one, and then gets to talk about another blanket 
that we extend every Sunday right here for families in need, that we build our little fort and we have room for people over here, don't we? That's what church is for. Love is the gift we share, the value we practice, the weapon we use in battle. Speaking of battle, I also found a story about soldiers, angels, that sends blankets to wounded warriors. And I got a note, uh, I read a note from one of them. It said, dear angel, I got shot in the foot and then I got your blanket and I want you to know I don't mind going back into battle knowing that it's, I'm fighting for people like you. In other words, not only did the soldier The blanket was the weapon that kept the fight in the soldier, but it's also the weapon that kept the soldier in the fight. Blankets have a way of speaking. Another note that came in with that said, you know, if, if it had, a soldier from Afghanistan, actually, if it hadn't been for your support, I would have had nothing. And I know back home a blanket's not much, but, but out here it can make a lot of difference. You'll never know how much you helped me. See, we never know when we're extending the blanket of God's love through Christ's journey family, how many warriors have been wounded. And thank God for those who send literal blankets to our soldiers. But to those that are fighting battles right here, Jesus says, I have a blanket, I call it church. I want the air cover of my love extended so that every warrior can find a place here because love is the gift we share. Love is the value we practice. Love is the weapon we use in battle. Our fort, our comforter, our superhero cape. Um, our women's team was debriefing after their recent trip to Honduras. Uh, Christine, the team leader, told me that uh, she said this, as we were debriefing from the morning teaching session and celebrating the many professions of faith uh, from the women in Honduras, one of our faithful circle of friends, women, Amy, made mention of the word quilt, had heard mention of the word, and she shared how she lost her mom after a, uh, to a rare stomach cancer some six months ago at the age of 60. And wouldn't you know, right in the middle of 2018, in the middle of mom's battle with cancer, Amy was diagnosed as well with uh, colon cancer. Her mom fought for two and a half years until she was called home in January. And then Amy shared how at the memorial service, how much she misses her mom, but she was comforted by the quilts that her mother made because after her diagnosis, when hospice came in, she started wanting to make sure that the final quilts were fitted just right for the people that she would feel the love from, and so at her memorial service, guess what they did? They brought all the quilts and laid them across the pews. Blankets can speak non-verbally, can't they? Now, Amy's cancer-free. Can I get an amen? amen. Amy's cancer-free. And uh, Christine who happens to be sitting right over here, hey, Christine, said she rocked it in Honduras, extending the missional love of God beyond our walls, and then she closed her note with these words. I wonder if God is a quilter who with needle and thread pieces our world from nothingness and gives it form instead. Can I ask you, what form? If God was a quilter, what form would he be giving? I'm wondering if it would be whatever the power of love needs to be like. That that's what the dimensions are all about. That God's love is big enough to get to you and big enough to get through you. 
And as he weaves our lives together out of the scraps of them and the torn places that he puts the colors together in new design that can be extended beyond ourselves and it can become a fort for those in need of shelter. It can become a comforter for those who need encouragement. It can become a superhero cape for those who need somebody to show the conviction and courage to get outside yourself and do something for somebody else. Here's what I need to say. You know what? I love coming home to Christ Journey Church and I love Sunday worship with you. But if you think this is what church is, you're missing a huge portion of what the quilt of this body is all about. Because church is not what happens simply. If you want to be a part of something that affirms your individuality, that celebrates your diversity, and then can challenge you into generosity that will stretch you to start loving like God, then it's, you're going to have to get out of rows on Sunday morning facing the same direction listen to one guy talk. You're going to have to get in circles. And we call that group life around here. So i got to ask you this. Is it time to check your circle? Because today may be the day for you to step out of isolation and separation and alienation and say, I want to let God weave my life into the lives of some other people. That's why we have group day. This is your day to do that. To extend the dimension of love by saying, I got to connect to some other people. I'm, I'm not going to try to do it by myself anymore. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say, okay, help me know how to do that. We gotta learn how to do that. That doesn't come natural to some of us, like me. But you can do that. Maybe for some of you, you're saying, oh, I'm already connected to a group. I love my group. Okay, well, then maybe it's time for you to start hosting a group. Instead of just to get it all comfortable and all warm and cozy down in there, maybe it's time to say, now that you know how it's done, it's time to host one. Or maybe if you really want to stretch into the dimensions of God's love, higher, deeper, farther, stronger, you'd say, could I lead a group? And it may not come natural to you. But God could say, could I show you what that cape would look like if you were wearing it? Imagine this. Here's my dream. Every person who's connected to Christ's journey in any way, covered. Covered. Because the people of Christ's journey are saying, God, answer that prayer in my life and then through my life for somebody else. Would you pray with me? Help us, Lord. Uh, seems easy to love people I like, but when you ask me to love people you like, it's more challenging. So I thank you for a church like this where you challenge us to love one another the way you did. Thank you for being there for us. Thank you for people. Thank you for our groups. Thank you for our leaders. Thank you for those who've modeled the way to follow you and to grow in love. Now we pray today that you would help each one of us take the step to the next level. What's your next step, friend? Is it, I gotta get connected to a group. I gotta break, I gotta break through more than just Sunday around here. Then would you do it today? Maybe for you, it's, Lord, how could I share what I've experienced? Maybe it's hosting a group. Maybe it's stepping up and leading a group. But it's getting connected to the quilt and then inviting others to join us there. And maybe for you, friend, it's just getting under the cover today 
realizing that God loves you personally, and here's the way in. Invite Jesus to come into your life. Forgive my sins. Come into my life. Weave me into your work in this world. And teach me how to follow you in love. So, Lord, I turn from it being all about me and my way that you would teach me to learn about living in your love and let you do it through me. I trust you as my Savior. Now, if you prayed that prayer with me, our heads are still bowed, our eyes are closed. If you prayed that prayer with me and would let me ask God's blessing upon your next steps of faith, then I'm going to invite you simply to raise your hand and keep it high for just a moment. Thank you to my right. God bless you. I'm seeing several hands rise right up on the right. If you're joining us online, please just click right there. Kendall Campus, you know Pastor Ralph is right there watching and praying. Lord, thank you for each person who by uplifted hand is saying, my heart is open, I'm ready to take the next step, come into my life. May they sense your presence according to your word and your promise today as they trust you and feel the lift of your love. Thank you for a place like this that we can share in Jesus' name, amen.